We are in Moroni chapter 7, and the thing I love about Moroni chapter 7, I actually wish it was sooner in the Book of Mormon, um, just because I feel like I get asked a lot as a seminary and um, teacher, how do you know if an answer is coming from you or from the Spirit? Or as a Sunday school teacher, as a young woman's teacher, it just seems to be something that the kids really worry about. And I can remember worrying about that myself, thinking, yeah, that's the answer I got, but is that coming from me or is that coming from somewhere else? And I can remember growing up in our home, um, my mom would tell us to pray about things and we'd come back and tell her our answer and she'd say, go pray again. And it's kind of a a family joke. We laugh about that. Um, But truly getting to a point where we were able to say, no, I know that's the right answer. I know that's the answer God gave me. And I'm grateful we were grew up in a home where we were taught how to do that, that we were taught that we could get answers for ourselves. And one of the things she always taught us was from this chapter that all good things come from God, that you don't have to wonder, is that me or is that the Spirit? If it's a good thing, do it. Being kind and doing service and doing good things is never a mistake. You will never regret doing something good for someone else. And I'm so grateful that I grew up in a home that really taught me that, that she taught us anytime we were prompted to say something or think something good about a person, we should say that. And especially when someone else told us something good, that we should pass that on to that person. She said, that's like a double compliment when you come to a person and say, hey, so-and-so was just talking about you and said this and this and this and how awesome you are. She said, it's like a double compliment. It's such a great thing. And she also taught us that anytime we heard negative things or um, things that weren't kind, that we should never pass those on and that we should never even think about it. That that's like a a double negative when you pass on, hey, so-and-so was saying this about you, that that's just a double whammy so that we should invest our time constantly in trying to promote the spirit, trying to promote kindness and trying to um, show the Lord that he could prompt us good things and we would do them so that he would send us more. And that's what this chapter is fully about. So I love that in verse one, more Moroni says, I'm going to write some of the things that my dad talked about. And I love that because he's now um, sharing with us things that obviously touched him when his dad taught that meant a lot to him and kind of tells you that um, what kind of a person Moroni is, that these are the things that really influenced him from his father. And I love in um, verse 3, it says, Wherefore I would speak unto you that are of the church that are the peaceable followers of Christ. And I love that thought. Here's Mormon who fought, was involved in being a captain and a leader of the armies his entire life. And that's been Moroni's whole life, growing up seeing his dad lead these armies that were wicked and not righteous. And he is preaching peace. And I think, wouldn't you want to be known that as a follower of Christ? Wouldn't you want to be known for being a peaceable follower of Christ. And so I would ask my students, what does that look like to be a peaceable follower of Christ? And I feel like in today's day and age, that's something we truly need to look at because um, there's the world needs peace, right? (laughs) 
And, and so I love that thought. What does that look like? And so then if you go in there, it says, um, and that you have obtained a sufficient hope by which you can enter into the rest of the Lord. And that comes from hope. Being a peaceable follower of Christ comes from hope by entering into the rest of the Lord or following his way. And then it says in verse four, and now my brethren, I judge of you, these things of you because of your peaceable walk with the children of men. And it has a footnote down in DNC 1923 that talks about learning of him. And it also reminded me in Isaiah that it says how great will be the peace of his kingdom because the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. So what that means is the more we try and follow Christ, the more we try to walk as he walks, we will be peaceable followers and we will be known as being like him. And that is how he was. Didn't peace follow him even with all the contention, even with all the Pharisees and Sadducees who didn't believe who he was? Peace followed him. And it really is by their works. And so that's what it goes into verse five. For I remember the word of God, which said, by their works, you shall know them. If their works are good, then they are good. And here's six through 10. I would have your students read this and talk about how they can know where their answers are coming from. And one of the things I like is in verse eight, if a man being evil giveth a good gift, he doeth it grudgingly. And that just made me think of Cain, right? It's not accepted. And then I love the bitter fountain. Um, well, go to 10, wherefore a man being evil cannot do that which is good. But here's in 10, a bitter fountain cannot bring forth good water. Neither can, can a good fountain bring forth bitter water. And they always compare that to the water fountains in the um, school because they always taste horrid. And so it always makes them laugh. But I also love that because that's totally by their fruit you will know them. God makes it so easy. And then jump to 12. Wherefore, all things that are good cometh of God. That which is evil cometh of the devil. For the devil is an enemy unto God and fighteth against him continually and inviteth and enticeth to sin and do that which is evil continually. There is no doubt. He is not going to trick you into doing good. If you can think, where will this lead? If you're praying about which school to go to, I remember not getting a clear answer and my bishop saying, maybe it's because both are good choices. There's not a wrong choice. Every good thought comes from God. So if it's going to lead to a good thing, God's not going to stop you. And it reminds me of Holland's wrong road where he goes with his son on a, a day fishing trip or camp or hiking trip. And they turn around to go home and they drive and there's a fork in a road that they don't remember ever seeing. And they pray and they decide the route to take and, and they take it and very quickly it comes to a dead end. And his son says to him, why would the Lord inspire us to go that way? And he said, maybe because the Lord wanted us to know very quickly it was the wrong way so that we could get back on the right way and have no doubt it was the right way. That so illustrates God. He will. He is such a straight shooter. And 
the spirit is meant to be our constant guide. And if we are living right, he will tell us if we're on the wrong path, if it's not right. This was huge to me when I met my husband. And one of the things that was awesome, I remember, and I just told my students this, I was really wondering. I had been had it confirmed to me many times by the spirit that he was right and right for me, the right choice for me at that time. And I wanted a guarantee. And here's the thing. God doesn't give guarantees because we have to walk in faith and we have to trust his spirit and we have to learn to pair with him. Well, I remember vividly one day we had, we were together and it was up in Logan and we had slid off a road. We were coming down the hill and it's so icy cold in the winter and we had slid off the road and hit the curb, like off the asphalt into the side of the road, the curb. And just a few seconds later, another car came sliding the exact spot and slid right into us and hit the car. And I will never forget my husband getting out of the car very calmly, saying to the kid, I, we just had the same exact thing happen. Don't worry about it. The kid was like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And he was like, don't worry about it. It's not your fault. It's icy. We get it. He helped him get back in his car, helped him push, push him back on the road, and the kid left. And I said it was that minute that I went, that is the type of guy I want to marry. That was such an illustration to me in a heated moment, a moment where he could have lost his temper, he could have sworn, he could have been angry, there was damage done to his car, there was countless numbers of things he could do. But in that moment, that whole phrase of a good tree bears good fruit, a bitter fountain cannot bring forth bitter water. He could not hide who he was. And I knew that was the type of person I wanted to marry. And so I remember praying, I'm going to move forward until you tell me no. And I think that's how we need to do a lot that we do. I'm going to do this until you tell me no, because I know what it feels like to know something's wrong, to have the spirit not with me, to be in doubt, to have that despair, to have that dark feeling. So if you're questioning, is this me or is that this the spirit? That means you're a good person. That's awesome. And hopefully what it means is you just walk with the spirit constantly, but you will never regret doing good things. And then 16 and 17 are scripture mastery scriptures. I love that everything that inviteth to do good and to persuade to believe in Christ is sent by the power and the gift of Christ. Wherefore, ye may know with a perfect knowledge it is of God. And then the converse of that, but whatsoever thing persuadeth men to do evil and believe not in Christ and deny him and serve him not. And this was so hitting me because I have to tell you, my classes, I just sent a note to the other seminary teachers. Do you have kids in your classes that are doubting the truthfulness of the gospel, that are doubting the validity of Joseph Smith as a prophet and our President Nelson a prophet? I have had several parents reach out to me, very concerned, heartbroken, saying our son just came and said, I don't know if I believe it's true. I don't think it's true. And I have several. I don't have just one or two. I have many. And this so hit me. Whatsoever thing persuadeth to believe not in Christ and deny him and serve not God is of the devil. For after this manner doth the devil work. He persuadeth no man to do good, not one. 
Neither do his angels, neither do those who subject themselves to him. And I just think, man, God could not have made it more obvious to us in 19 lay hold of every good thing it makes me think of President Nelson's conference talk. Look for those who are looking for God to prevail in their lives. It all centers on him. It all centers on Christ. Every prophet, everything from the beginning of time, all about him for us to humble ourselves, for us to learn and to repent and to pair with him and become as he is. And I just love that. Okay, jump to 43. All of this is so good because it talks about have angels ceased, have has miracles ceased. And of course, it goes through all of that where it says, no, they have not ceased because if they've ceased, that means faith has ceased. And woe unto the world if that has ceased and there is no hope and there is no, and we know that's not true. There is goodness everywhere. My mom was just talking about, um, she had said a prayer about the election and, and letting God's will prevail. And she said she had the thought come to her head. Do not blame this on me. This was not my will. <laughs> this is man's doing. And while I find that to be true, I also find that we have so many good people here. We can look forward to the future with hope. We do not need to despair. Look around you. There are so many people who want God to prevail in their life. And we know righteousness wins. So do not give up hope. If there is no hope, woe unto the world and all hope, all faith centers on Christ. And so verse 45, and charity suffereth long. And that talks about, okay, it's that whole chain that if you have hope, right, that's the very basic building block to have hope. Hope leads to faith. If I hope in Christ, then my hope can lead to faith. Faith means I am meek, that I recognize I am nothing without him. And that leads to charity, which is the pure love of Christ and seeing others the way he sees them and wanting to be like him and to serve. And I love this. So in 45, it says, and charity suffereth long and is kind. And I love this list, envieth not and is not puffed up, no pride seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Oh, I so need this. I so need this. Thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And I think at this time, this is such an answer to prayer for me. Um, To look at that list and go, if you are as president Nelson said, look for the gifts of God, what we have been promised. If we pray to seek for the gift of charity and to be as he is, this is what we are promised. We will be kind. We won't envy. We won't have pride. We won't be seeking for our own. We won't be easily provoked. It'll be more our nature to want no contention than to be proven right, to think that we're right and we know everything. We won't think evil of other people. We'll rejoice in truth and we will have a desire to bear all in his name to endure until he comes again all come what may and love it and man I need that in eternal perspective and in a desire to become who he needs me to become and that only comes through adversity and him 
wiping away our rough edges or smoothing away our rough edges through things we go through. And so I need to know that. And I love that. In 47, charity is the pure love of Christ. And it doors forever. And whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it will be well with him. So we have to pray with all the fervency, all the energy, it says in 48 of heart, that we may be filled with his love that he has bestowed on all the true followers of him. Plead for it. Pray to see others the way he sees them without judgment, with pure love. Pray to find those who are seeking for God to prevail in their life, whether they're members of our church or not. Pray to be used by him and pray for the endurance to have an eternal perspective and know that he is coming and we we want to be his team. We want to be his hands. We want to be his angels. So pray for hope, pray for faith, and pray for charity, the love of God. See others the way he sees them. And especially at this time, this election day, pray for that and hold to that. No contention. Not to have a desire to prove we're right or wrong, but to truly see others the way God sees them and to be used by him and to love. That's the prayer. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.